welcome to episode two of Adoptee In Between. Now, if you are new, my name is Ruby and I am the host of this podcast. I am also a Chinese adoptee. And on this podcast, I will be talking about what it's like growing up in the UK as a Chinese adoptee and also about some of my experiences. And I hope you guys are all okay and looking after yourself and your mental health and not stressing too much because it's Christmas and I think everyone deserves a break. And I know it's easy to say, but just during this week, let's say, just put your feet up, have a hot chocolate, watch a Christmas movie, just have have some fun and just take a break from work because in perspective, we are just living on a floating rock. So yeah, I hope you're all okay. And enough of me rambling as usual. Let's begin with the episode. So today I am going to be talking about what it's like navigating in life as an LGBTQ person and as a Chinese adoptee. And this episode was suggested by at Lily L. Berlin and you can go follow her on Instagram. I'll leave the link to her Instagram in the description of this episode. So all credits go to her. So for me, navigating life as a Chinese adoptee has been really hard and still is hard. It's still a working progress. And then adding the LGBTQ plus stuff on top of that makes it like one million times harder because then I'm put into another box because I feel like being a Chinese adoptee, I'm kind of put into a box because like I was saying in um, episode one, like I'm not really Chinese enough to be like Chinese Chinese. And then I'm not white British to be like seen as white British in England. So I'm like in between, so that's like another isolating box. And then in another, the other isolating box is being LGBTQ. But touching on being a Chinese adoptee, it can be so lonely and isolating because I literally know hardly anyone who is um, from the UK and living in the UK who is a Chinese adoptee. I, I, I only know like three or four and it's just crazy because I see this, I think, because I did... For when I was doing my um, research for episode one, I did some research about some of the stats of Chinese adoptees and white, like what countries they get, they go to after being adopted. And the top countries were, I'm pretty sure, were America, Scandinavia, Spain and Holland. And then Britain was like in the bottom tier. So it just, uh, that just makes it worse. And I just wanted to say, side note here um the adoptee community on instagram is so kind like seriously i i was shouted out by made in china ish podcast and sisters of china adoptees of china i'll link all of their instagrams in the episode description and i was also messaged by um natalie who is the host of yellow bee pod about collabing and it's just like such a welcoming community and yeah, it's just a nice surprise and it was really nice to find people with similar experiences and just similar experiences to me. And it was just really, it was a big relief because for so, so long, I just felt really alone because no one from literally in my um, secondary school or high school, whatever you call it, there was literally no other Chinese adoptees 
And I was literally on my own and it was so hard. So just navigating through all of that. And like when you get people just talking about their parents and saying, oh, yeah, I got my um, parents um, or my like saying stuff like, oh, I got my dad's eyes or I got the same color hair as my mum," And I'm just there like, oh, I don't know what to say. So, yeah, it was just nice to find like a whole community out there who were really welcoming. And then. Going back to uh, the LGBTQ um, thing, like, I did a post on the my adoptee in between um, Instagram, which you can go follow at adoptee underscore in between on Instagram. But yeah, um, I did a post talking about um, my sexuality on there on, it was, yeah, it was a day late. Yeah, it was a day late after National Coming Out Day, but I talked a bit on there about um what it was like and just that which you can go check out and also um if you are a new listener listener and you get confused about what I'm talking about you can go um listen to episode one which covers a bit more about me and like my background and where I'm adopted from so you can catch up if you want but you can stay on here if you want so yeah so it's just been crazy um this year my whole my brain's just been an absolute mess and with the whole racism especially because yeah just navigating life as an adoptee is hard in general I think for me personally because I know everyone has their own experiences and opinions and that's what's so cool about the um communities because I've seen like um some accounts that I follow on Instagram and they do posts about um that other adoptees have made so like they post about like spoken word poems or they do posts of their stories or artwork it's it's really cool so yeah and it's just nice to find other people with similar experiences to me so anyway going back to navigating life as a Chinese adoptee um I'd say it's been pretty isolating for me because there has been no one there's just been like no one of the same sort of experiences and I think when you feel very isolated for such a long time you begin to want to isolate yourself more and I can't really explain it because I remember a few times like in my lifetime this isn't just recently this is just in my lifetime I've spoken to like um friends like a few friends about being adopted and it's so hard because you they can I suppose they can like empathize or sympathize one of those words with you but they'll never understand the impact and the loss because recently I learned about this thing called unresolved loss which is what um adoptees go through when they are not with their biological parents anymore. So it's like a separation. And what's crazy is I learned that even though I may not be able to remember anything from being in China or, or anything like that or what it, the orphanage was like or what my parents are like, my um brain and body still remembers that. And I learned that it's called body memory. So your body remembers everything that happened. But your brain doesn't and because of that when I was left 
it as a baby. My brain was suddenly all of a sudden on high alert and because of that that's also impacted me now because my brain's pretty like high alert now and it's really ah uh, it's like it's very exhausting and I think often with adoption people think it's all like rainbows and oh you're saved by these people and yes you can be very grateful and appreciate um your parents or parents or whoever you live with if you that you get on with them and they look after you right and yeah but you're always gonna have that hole and I think what people mistake it for they think they think it's I don't know I feel like there's this weird like stereotype fan fantasy where oh yes the person got adopted and then they go they go and live a happy life and they're super super grateful for everything from being adopted but it doesn't work like that it's not all sunshines and rainbows so I think sometimes explaining it to some of my friends in the past it's been so so difficult because understandably they're not gonna be able to be like oh yeah I fully understand because that's just not true they're they're not gonna understand and I think that's where I kind of learn throughout my life kind of okay don't expect other people to understand and then because I think throughout like 2018 2019 I was putting a lot of energy on kind of hoping or expecting someone to just understand it and they they don't and I think learning to be like okay they're not going to understand it I'm don't need to expect that next time I'm okay with me and I've got this whole adoptee community who have also had similar experiences, other experiences, then I'm okay. And I think, yeah, that's like being able to rely on yourself is quite good in a way because it just gives you you that freedom and independence. And with being adopted through my life, I often have like people assuming stuff. So they're just like, oh, so... Like, I've had people assume that I'm half um, white, half Chinese, because they think my, because if I, because, yeah, because when I go out with my dad, because I remember my dad saying, oh yeah, maybe they think that I'm married to a Chinese woman, and I'm like, right, I don't know, it's just, it's tricky, and I think with the unresolved loss, you go back all the time to like, questions questions and it's tricky because I don't know I think when I kind of started thinking more about being adopted as when I got a bit older like looking in the mirror I'd always be like hmm whose DNA plus faces am I made up of it's weird I'm just like I don't know I remember someone else described it as being the living and walking DNA of two unknown people and that's crazy and I think that's just where um it can be hard for some people to understand because I know some people who like really understand or they really try and it's really nice that they try and but it can I don't know it's just so isolating when you don't know anyone or have any close friends who have gone through similar experiences so you can't just text them and be like oh hey so 
I've been thinking and yeah, I was wondering about my parents and then they could text back and just be like, oh yeah, me too, but at least we got each other. Like, I don't know, it's just, it's pretty lonely. And the crazy thing is, being a dog, for me personally, this is just my, my own experience and stor- story. Um, Recently, I like, I fell out with my um grandma on my dad's side because like, yeah, we had this like kind of, it wasn't really like an argument or disagreement because I think it was kind of like building up because sometimes she would say like stuff like, she would say stuff like, oh, if you were in China, then you wouldn't own stuff. And she, I know the thing is, she wasn't like trying to be like mean or nasty or anything. It's just because for her and like her own experiences, she seems to like assume stuff about me sometimes. So it can be quite tricky, like, yeah, like, she said, um, I wouldn't, like, own anything if I was still living in China, or I'd have a terrible life, and I, at the time, I was really upset, and I'm still pretty upset about it now, and then the more recent kind of falling out was, I was saying to her, oh, I'm not grateful for being adopted, and she just couldn't get her head around it, like, I, ah, it's like, because I'm not very good at explaining with, I'm not very good at explaining stuff because I usually have to write it down if I want to explain it like really well because then I can think about it and write it on a piece of paper but yeah I think it's just crazy because like I tried kind of explaining it to her and she couldn't she just couldn't get her head around the fact that I just was not grateful for being adopted and I know that sounds, just me saying, oh, I'm not grateful for being adopted, sounds so selfish and horrible. But uh, I'm I'm not trying to be selfish or horrible. It's just I'm not because I don't have my biological parents. How am I going to be grateful? I don't have my culture. I think the whole idea of adoptees being grateful is just stupid because yeah, why Why would I be grateful, like, fully grateful, like, you know, like, oh, yes, thank you so much for coming and saving me, it's just, uh, it's complicated, I can't, I'm not good at explaining stuff, but it's just pretty isolating like that, like, for p- other people to get their head around, I think it can be quite a deep topic as well, because sometimes I have just mentioned it, to people and they kind of like brush it off or they don't want to speak about it and it's a bit like oh okay so yeah and it's hard because another thing because of me being adopted with this whole life navigation thing um because of it I've fallen out with an old friend of mine because we went on this ski holiday to Poland last year and we were messing around because both of us like had a, had a had a similar sense of humor, so we'd laugh. We laughed a lot, but this friend said a pretty um, insensitive or thoughtless comment, let's say, and it wasn't nice at all because they were like laughing because you know, like when people laugh and then something just slips out. But this friend was like oh, I bet you're, like, I don't know what it was, because it wasn't to do with what we were talking about at all, and it just came out, and they said, um, 
Oh, I bet your real dad was locked up in a mental asylum. Or a poor fisherman in a village. And then that, for me, I was... Okay, at the time, I was so, so shocked. I did not know what to say. So I was kind of frozen. I was like, uh uh-huh. And then this friend realised. And they were like, oh. And I was kind of being a bit quiet. And then after a few minutes of them laughing, they kind of realised and said, sorry, but... Yeah, but that was from a stereotype, saying like, oh, because you're Asian, your dad was probably a poor fisherman, or, like, but the mental asylum, jeez, that was harsh. Yeah, I, I don't know, I'm just mixed about the whole thing, and it's tricky, because this friend's, um, this friend's, um, dad, um, was also a little bit stereotyping because also on this holiday when we were in the car the dad was like no the dad was like oh what do you want for dinner and then the friend was like um what about Chinese takeaway and then the dad thinking it would be funny was like oh yeah we've already got Chinese takeaway in the car and I think he was the only one laughing kind of but it was a bit awkward and then later on because they visited another time um we were like talking about trainer sneaker shoe sizes and then my friend my friend at the time ex-friend I didn't know how he'd put it ex-friend was like oh by the way my dad was like you'd probably thought you'd have really small feet and I was like huh and then this friend was like uh yeah and I was like right that's stereotyping and then I said something to the dad like oh you shouldn't stereotype and then the dad was just like, yeah, well, stereotypes are important. And I'm just like, what? So, uh, it's just, it's crazy. And just, I just find it really isolating. And I know I've said that a lot in this episode, but it really is. Honestly, I I don't know what's going on anymore. And with the whole pandemic, and I think, did I mention this earlier? My memory's been really bad during lockdown and the whole pandemic it's probably because there's so much going on but if I have said it I'm sorry but if I haven't then I'll say it um what I've noticed is like when I've gone to people recently and said oh the coronavirus is so just making everything so much harder and still with the racism like a lot of the time they have said oh but hasn't the racism kind of died down or gone down a bit for Asians and I'm just there like, no, it hasn't. Just because this pandemic's been going on for like a year now, it doesn't mean racism's going to go away and these prejudiced people are just going to suddenly stop thinking in their prejudiced ways. They're still going to be thinking, oh, yeah, but it's, but still, even though it's been going on a long time, it still came from a bat in China. So that's what they're probably going to be thinking. So I think sometimes being, you know, just being... Chinese and an adoptee I think sometimes people can kind of underestimate it or kind of brush brush off things a little and sometimes they don't mean to do it and sometimes it's just kind of awkward or kind of it's just kind of awkward because like it's just crazy because the whole racism thing is not gonna go away because the pandemic's been going on for such a long time there is still racism because I saw this thing recently on um, Instagram. One of my uh, followers posted it on their story. It was um, 
this Chinese girl on TikTok posted a TikTok of her going on Omegle. I think, is it Omegle or Omegle? I don't know. One of those. And it's this, if you don't know what Omegle is, um, Omegle, um, oh, I don't know. If you don't know what it is, it's basically this um, site on the internet that you go on and you can just, and what you do is you turn your um, phone camera on or webcam and you just talk to random strangers and I've watched a few videos of like YouTubers or TikTokers going on the site just for fun and it is brutal like I mean you get people you get really weird people on there and then you get like and then you get like other people who are just like straight up me like they are brutal and it's hard because it's just there's like people on Omega are brutal I'm not being funny like you get people on there saying just, just horrible stuff like, oh, you should go kill yourself or you should do this. or And I've seen um, this YouTuber called Larry who also often goes on Omegle for fun and he gets so many people. So this is going back to being LGBTQ. He gets so many people um, say to him, oh, you're gay. Or, oh, gay. And he's like, so. And then they're just like, yeah, but you're gay. or oh, It's just, oh, it's, it is brutal. And then... When the person gets upset, these um mean people are just like, oh yeah, get over it, it's not that bad, or oh, this is the real world if you can't cope, and oh, it's just, I don't know what, what is wrong with people these days, I don't know, it's just awful, but going back to that uh, girl on Omegle, um, she was just po going on there for fun, and she was Chinese, and she was just on the site, just not doing anything, just being like, hey. Because um, on the app um, site, you can, like, go through people and then you can talk to them and then you can skip if you want. And basically, she got quite a few people. There was one guy who was, like, in some DJ studio and he saw her and he was like, oh, do you want me to play, sing you a song? And she was like, oh, yeah. And then he did and then it was like, and then he started going, oh, ching chong, ching chong, ching. And then it was just stupid. And then there was these um high school girls um on the site. And they literally started laughing and like pulling their eyes back at her. And then there was, and then there was these other girls who were like, these people were like middle-aged um women. And they were like there. And then they started going, oh, konnichiwa. And it's just like, shut up. Like, what is wrong with people? Like, with the whole racism going back to that and she just got so many really really horrible people and I think and like it's just awful and I remember there's this other guy who was also on it who was like oh yeah you stupid ass Chinese people started the whole coronavirus so it's still going on and that um I'm pretty sure that TikTok's from quite recently because it um went pretty viral on Instagram and it's just it's just crazy and like I know there'll probably be those comments under the video going oh yeah but I'm Asian or I'm Chinese or whatever and I'm not offended or oh yeah I joke about this with my friends and I don't mind but then again that's their that's that person's like boundaries or what they find funny but then for other people like let's just say me who don't find joking about stuff like that funny at all it's just like Ugh, just no, I just, and I think that's where the whole, just underestimating, because like, often like when I talk about the racism of like Chinese or 
just the whole stereotyping of adopt these people are kind of like oh really and it's like yes it does happen and i think that's where what i was saying about it being like very you know isolating again just lonely and it's just it's crazy i think and just being an adopted i think if i was to look at this like I think there are some, there are obviously, like, some positives as well, because, like, because of this, I have, I don't know, I guess I have, uh, I don't know, and it's weird, because I could, if, I think, positive, the only, like, for me, personally, like, the positives would probably be, like, I have, because of what's happened to me, or going through, like, what's, going on in my life because of it, it's made me like a stronger person like it's just made me who I am today I guess as in just more of a stronger sort of person and I think that's one of the main positives about being adopted from me but I think at the moment personally it's quite hard to find loads of good things or positive things about it and yeah I just think it can be overlooked and just going through like life as someone who's adopted living in just a mainly white area it's so uh, so so isolating and then again recently I did come out to some of my family members as gay or whatever you want to call it gay queer lesbian and yeah that was pretty hard because being lgbtq makes it even harder because there's the people who are like chinese adoptees and then there's chinese adoptees also add on the lgbtq side and it's just like another isolating box because i don't know it's just makes it so much harder and yeah the thing is with like the whole it's just pretty crazy because it's just like there's like it just makes it even more lonely and like with the whole like lgbtq thing i've been figuring yeah it's taken me like two years to figure stuff out and i'm happy to say like now i'm in a place where i can i don't know i'm more okay with being lgbtq and yeah, I came, there are only two of my friends know, because I think one of my friends from college might have a clue, but I never, like, confirmed it, but it can be tricky, because, uh, because they always say, like, with being LGBTQ, um, you're always having to come out to people, and I think that is true, but, yeah, it's just, uh, it's pretty crazy, and... I think it can be hard because it's cool being in um both communities but sometimes it's like oh you're gonna be one or the other and it's like oh it's just it can be so tricky sometimes yeah um so now um I have rambled on quite a lot and I'm probably I'm pretty sure you probably need a break from my talking just a little break so go get a cup of tea or coffee or whatever you drink and just have a break or go get something to eat and then come back so now is the mini interlude
I'll see you after the break. Hey, and welcome back to Adoptee In Between. This is part two and is also the final part of the podcast and I hope you have got a snack and something to drink for this last part and in this part I'm going to be talking about what it's like navigating through life as both a Chinese adoptee and also being LGBTQ and what it's like being part of both communities so yeah so as I covered in the last um, part before the break I was talking about being put into two boxes and how lonely that is and it's like it really is like that like one box is me being adopted and then the other box is also LGBT and sometimes they do clash and I think one of the good things though about being uh, like adopted I guess like with the whole because like being in the adoptee community is cool because I uh, pretty much I know a lot about it and like the one child policy in China and just what it's like whereas being also part of the LGBTQ community it's kind it's I feel like it's more scary because I haven't been a part of that my whole life and it was only like until pretty recently that I came to you know just be happy in myself with that and it's just with being an adoptee I've always known that I've been an adoptee like it's obvious because I didn't look like my parents and as well as that I my parents always told me so they never kept it like a secret or hid anything whereas being also LGBTQ is a lot harder as well I think because I don't know it's just something that I didn't discover till a lot later and then when I did discover it I kind of put it on the back burner for like two years I think one of the hardest people to come out to was my gran on my dad's side and that's the gran that I also had that kind of mini falling out about being adopted and like I rang I remember I rang her and I was it was so scary but I I rang her and I was like oh I need to tell you something I'm gay and so like I told her and then she was like, oh, okay. And it was slightly awkward because there was like this period of just silence. And I was like, yeah, I'm still your the same Ruby, your granddaughter. And she's like, okay. And it was a relief because she was like, oh, yeah, because we still love you and that. But then it was also awkward because I remember a few days later, I went round to um, chat with her. And this was, do bear in mind, this was when COVID was a lot, lot less... Um, severe so this was like before all that and I remember I said to her because I said to her does grandpa know because I didn't because I didn't tell him and then she was like yes he does because when you told me you were on loudspeaker and I was like oh what did he say and then she was like well he said it's probably just a phase and I was like right okay and then I think again this is where all clashes because she's she's very religious so my dad's side of the family are very religious and I think that was more hard because her religion kind of you know clashes with the whole LGBTQ topic and because of 
her experiences and like what she's heard I guess from whoever she talks to about China then she has those views so it can be even harder because then she has the slight those views on China and then also has the views on LGBTQ so it makes it it definitely makes it a lot harder and also it's just lonely because I don't know it's just kind of very isolating and like it was just it's just awkward and I think with the whole being part of both the whole being part of the um lgbtq community was completely new to me and i was like her so like it took me like quite a while to learn all the different things about it and then like the different terms for things and words and like all the different sexualities and gender identities and it's like something completely new and like i'm on my own and I've learned a lot of stuff on doing my own research on different reliable sources and also from other LGBTQ creators on Instagram because I think with both it's kind of hard to have someone to bounce those experiences off off of because the people like around me aren't adopted and they're not LGBTQ either so that puts me in my own bubble I guess where I have to kind of do my own research about everything and I don't know I think for my dad it kind of looks like that I do a lot of thinking or research into it and I, I do but it's just because I don't have anyone else to bounce it off so I don't know it can that can make it kind of harder and it's just now because of the whole thing because it's pretty, I don't know, it can be kind of scary sometimes facing all of this, like, alone. And it's just kind of, I don't know, it's just crazy. Because, like, it's really weird because, like, I'm pretty sure, yeah, like, when I've told people about being adopted, it's always kind of a bit awkward. or So a lot of the time they don't know what to say. And then... If I ever have to tell them about being LGBTQ, which I don't because I don't need to and I don't want to tell people or different people or whatever, um, then it's like, oh, do they know? Is it like a big secret? Have they figured it out? It's like, you're always, I feel like I'm always on living on like edge. It's like, oh, am I going to be found out? Oh, something bad's going to happen. Oh, something terrible. So I think that's kind of where navigating both can be kind of doubly as exhausting sometimes and then the whole communities because like now with um being like an adoptee I found like this whole community on Instagram and my and yeah I just want to say once again thank you so much to those of you that have followed my account on Instagram at adoptee underscore in between and it's just been really nice with like some of the messages that I've gotten and some of the shout outs I've gotten as well so thank you all who have done that and but so I think with in terms of both I think I'm more I know a lot more about being an adoptee because that's just been what I've known my whole life whereas the LGBTQ thing is like it's pretty new I guess like only kind of recently and I haven't found like a sort of LGBTQ youth community yet and 
I've searched a bit, but I have I literally haven't found anything or just not much and I don't know, it's just kind of awkward when you're new and you're just like, Oh, should I message someone and just be like, Oh hey Yeah, I think being both like like I said with like a seesaw, I'm like balancing both things and then and then adding that and then it's just crazy and then in 2016 when my mum died that made it even harder so that just gives me three boxes I have one parent now I technically lost two mums my biological mum and then my adoptive mum I'm LGBTQ I also am Chinese but Chinese adopted it's just so many things that divide up and I think sometimes it can be hard to find similarities with other people because I think for me it's been such a on my own kind of unique experience and the only sort of good thing I can see from this at the moment as of now me being still yeah as of now um is the only thing I can kind of see is all of these kind of emotions or experiences are going to make me a a way stronger person and it's just crazy I think and one of the things I did do like a few years ago is I used to do kung fu and I was planning to go back this year because I got I got my first kung fu belt and then I stopped because of school and my mum died and then I don't know why I never went back but I wanted to go back for ages now and this year I was gonna go back but um they didn't get back to us and also because of lockdown it's obviously really dangerous working in like a gym area martial arts gym so I guess I have been looking a bit up I've been looking quite a lot on um TikTok and YouTube self-defense and just methods to defend yourself so yeah that's all I wanted to say for this episode um I hope you all have a lovely Christmas if you celebrate it and then also have a lovely new year also I have been thinking I was thinking I could also do maybe I could do a Christmas podcast special so on this podcast I do like episode three could be like a Christmas special or something I don't know if you want me to do that like message me on Instagram I hope you enjoyed this episode hopefully in the future I can get some guests on this podcast because I still haven't like organized anything yet but if you do want to talk about your adoption story or or something like that or being an adoptee or one of your experiences as an adoptee please do get in touch with me on Instagram once again just message me at adoptee underscore in between and yeah I hope you all have an amazing rest of your evening morning afternoon or wherever you are I hope you enjoyed this episode and I will see you in the next one bye